Alex, we're back. Hi, Adam. Hey, man. How are you? I'm tired of Leafs Twitter. Uh-huh. Probably just delete the app now, shouldn't you? Yeah, but I like it too much. Oh, that's true. I don't know what life was like before Twitter. It's just I don't I don't it's not a world I want to live in. No, it's not good. It's not good. It's just news and that, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, um there were some games last night, of course. Last night was uh, hockey night in Canada, Saturday night. You know, all that kind of stuff. And nothing happened, Alex. Nothing at all happened. No, 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 nothing. Nothing at all, Alex. But um, we'll get to that a little later. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of Leafs talk today. Um, not much to talk about on the Montreal front, except really, I think it's going to be more talking about Connor McDavid. Uh, because <laughs> he's amazing. But uh, today on the agenda, Alex, of course, this is going to be our last show of 2019. Uh, we're going to talk about so what I guess what each of our favorite moments for our teams are respectively, as well as probably our teams of the decade for each team. And of course, probably our favorite sports moments of the decade, I'd say. Yes, that is the plan. Of course, Habs and Leafs, so as always, and just a quick peek at the power hour, all-star captains, some, some shenanigans with the Jets, Josh Levo, because the Canucks suck. Darcy Kemper is out, and P.K. Sube might be on his way out of New Jersey. Oh, it's a fun time in the NHL, man. Uh, it always is. We had a good two weeks of fun, and then everything's just gone out the window again. But anyway, Alex, you know how we start the show. The Power Hour. Episode 32, Power Hour starts, and we're going to go with this. Nola Chari has, in five days... Two hat tricks. So Elliot Friedman put this up that he had got two um two hat tricks in five days. I didn't realize that they were back to back games. Also, Jonathan Huberto has back to back four point games there as well. The Panthers are uh they are not slowing down despite not having goaltending. Yeah, I've I we talked about it I think at the beginning of the season that uh, I don't know about you, but I was a little bit concerned with the team. I didn't think they they were, I guess, ready. Not ready for the playoffs necessarily, but ready to take that next step if the goaltending wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they're taking that next step without the goaltending. They're kind of like San Jose of last year, except a little younger. They're outscoring all their problems right now. Right, for sure. They're uh, they're not making the Atlantic Division race any easier, are they? No, but they sit oh, they sit third in the division with forty one points and two games in hand on the Leafs and the Bruins, who sit above them. So it's I'll just sneeze. No, I'm not sorry. It, it, it's a tough. It's weird because you look at all the divisions and they seem quite tight. But in the Atlantic, it's Toronto, Florida, Buffalo, Montreal, and Tampa, whenever they feel like waking up. Montreal no. were second in the division yesterday. Now they're fifth. <laughs> it's a mess, man. It is, but it, it's, it's... It's messy. And the Bruins have... Um, the Bruins have been slowing down. They haven't had a good stretch. Two, four, and four in their last time. A three-game losing streak. Yurislav Alok was trying to do acrobatics last night <clears> in his game. 
Um, but um, I mean, it's it's getting interesting, man. You you can't take a game off in the Atlantic Division right now. Slowing down, but they're still nine points ahead of the Leafs. Yeah. Um, talking <laughs> about, let's move out to uh, the Metro Division because there's some stuff going off there. Alex, um, uh, there hasn't been a player who's made more of an impact to me, I think, in the last few years, quite like Leah Anderson. Former seventh overall pick by the New York Rangers has requested a trade from New York. Uh, if you remember, it, people, this is the same dude, and I love this. Back in, I believe, the 2017 World Juniors, he was captain of Team Sweden. They lost in the gold medal game. That was uh, the year Victor Mete was there. Don Bouchard was head coach. And he threw his silver medal into the stands. And he was... Actually, one of the, um, I think it was three or four Swedish players that he got suspended from World Junior play after that. And um, if you go to Leah Anderson's Hockey DB page, you get a sense of probably why he wants a trade from New York. Uh, since he was kind of drafted, it's been back and forth, Hartford, New York, Hartford, New York, New York, back in Hartford this year. And he has five points in 13 games there. His NHL totals, nine points in 66 games played. So, Alex, what do you make of all these shenanigans of Leas Anderson? I just don't think he's gotten the chance in New York. There isn't a lot on what's going wrong uh, that I personally I couldn't find what was going wrong. It will be interesting to see what they can get for for him, just because he is. He's still quite young. I'm not sure how old he is off the top of my head. Uh, something that w- was talked about earlier this season was a trade for Pugliarvi for Anderson, which didn't uh, obviously didn't end up going through, but it'd be interesting to see if it's something the Rangers uh, would want to revisit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leas Anderson is only 21, by the way. Turned 20. 21 in October. So... Uh... I mean, I'm looking quickly at his, the most games he played in the NHL was the 18-19 season. 42 games, he had six points there. That's a big red flag for me from the Rangers' point of view, is that they, they haven't... They, he's it, It's the exact same situation as Jesse Pugliarvi, being yo-yo, and then by the time they actually put him in Hartford, he probably feels wrong by the team. And apparently, was it Mike Matheson who said that? Jim Matheson. Jim Matheson, sorry. Um, I'm thinking of the player, sorry. That said, um, you know, uh, this new damn update for Apple, the dark mode is really messing me up on my phone, that the Rangers actually concerned about Leah Sanderson. Um, well, and now because we have the trade freeze, obviously, over this little stretch, Jeff Gordon, GM of the Rangers, is going to check the market. So there was word of maybe Pulia Harvey and Anderson changing spots, but probably not going to happen now, I'd say. Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if it ha- to be honest, I'd be surprised if it happened mid-season just because they can't the Rangers can't even bring in Pugliarvi now. So mm-hmm. they're looking for a scorer or they're looking yeah, essentially they're looking for a winger but they can't even bring him in till next season. Yeah. Oh, well, think- interesting. Sorry, go ahead. I think that's what would that's what would stop them from making that trade. 
what's always I love little stuff like this. So the cat friendly tweeted this out. Rangers selected Lee Anderson with the seventh overall pick in 2017, which they acquired from Arizona along with Anthony D'Angelo in exchange for Derek Stefan and Anti Ranta. Just a nice little. Uh, I remember this. It was really weird. And uh, of course, Tony D'Angelo is fantastic in New York now. Um, not you know the best political views in the world, but uh, you see what Anti Ranta. Like, this is such a weird trade to me because Anti Ranta has kind of lost his job in uh, Arizona. Um, Leah Sanderson ends up, you know, another top 10 pick. Maybe a guy like Sam Bennett, too, who hasn't lived up to expectations. Name of Jesse Puglia Harvey. So uh, an interesting little scenario here, Alex. But there's another little bit of tidbits happening in the Metro Division. That's with the New York Islanders. Uh, I forgot this guy existed entirely. But the Islanders had this goaltending prospect. A goal. Um, his name was Elias Sorkin, and apparently there was word that at first he requested a trade. And of course, he's played in the KHL. They tried to bring him over, and now it's come out that apparently he didn't ask for one. Yeah. So Friedman reported in Thirty One Thoughts uh, that he had there were talks that he had requested a trade, and that. And then he kind of came out and said, these trade requests are are news to me, which – and I see from, like, the point of view is he wants to be a starting goalie in the NHL. Uh, and he wants to at least get some type of shot. But I don't think you're going to get that anytime soon in in – New York, because you just signed Semyon Varlamov. You just signed Semyon Varlamov. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom, even though Thomas Grice is a UFA at the end of the year, they're talking about bringing him back. Which so, I you should. I agree with that. Oh, for sure. But then what do you do with Ilya Sorokin? By the way, this guy, just to read you some of his numbers in the past few years in the KHL, playing for CSKA Moscow, so a bit of an asterisk here, but um, from 2014 onwards, the guy's lowest save percentage has been 929. 937, 953, 993193 
Right. Lewis. I, I don't know. I. Their goaltending guys. Thomas Grout. No. Um. I don't remember his name. Sorry. But anyway, everyone knows he's probably the best goaltending thing in the coat. So it, it doesn't matter if you're the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, but another goalie that there's a bit of news around, Darcy Kemper, who has been the best goalie in the league, uh, after sustaining an injury in a, in a, a very weird 8-5 to five loss to the Minnesota Wild for the Arizona Coyotes. He's hurt and he's listed as, and I this is the worst thing for me every time I see this in injury, listed week to week. Yeah, that's a weird... It's because you never know how long it's going to be. It's just week to week. That's all I could say. <laughs> but that's a huge blow. That's a huge blow uh, for the Devils. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Devils, for the Coyotes, sorry. Because he's essentially their starter. He's putting up Vesna numbers. And now you kind of just, you don't have it. Like, I'm, no offense to Antti Ranta, but he's he's... The injuries got the best of him, of Anti Ranta, and I don't think it's there for him right now. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot more emphasis on, on, of course, the infamous defensive system of the Arizona Coyotes. And, hey, if there's a better time for Phil Kessel to wake up and for Taylor Hall to really start making an impact, it's going to be now. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who I hate? Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And the reason I say I hate the Vancouver Canucks is because one of their best players this year has been Josh Levo. Uh, unfortunately, now he'll be out two to three months, Alex. Travis Green uh, told reporters a few days ago. I just want to point out, uh, best wishes to Josh Levo, of course. Um, he, he, there's yeah. a soft spot How for could him. you hate on Josh Levo? I don't hate Josh Levo. I just hate that um, Josh Levo is one of the biggest losses on the Vancouver Canucks, and that shows uh, really how crappy their death is, especially when you're <laughs> paying $6 million to a bottom six winger. Oh, yeah. We That's... already got into it last yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Some people weren't happy about it. I mean, hey, uh, we talked about the Canucks like half an hour into the show, so they were listening. <laughs> But hey, uh, the Canucks again, I will point this out, they are only one point behind the Flames, four points behind the Oilers in that. But again, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. The Flames, again, I- I'm going to bet on them more because I think they have better depth. I think, you know, big save Dave Riddich is the is, is the real deal. I, we don't need to talk about the Coyotes anymore, and Vegas are amazing. And even the Oilers, I may have been harsh on them, but they have Connor McDavid, and Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. He is. I just, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about Vancouver. Go ride again. Anyway, though, uh, 2011, shout out to them. By the way, it's funny that Alex Burroughs didn't even want to be an assistant coach there, and now he's in Montreal. Any, sorry, Laval. <laughs> anyway, just wanted to point that out. Um, P.K. Subban. A lot of news has been around PK for the last few weeks, hasn't there? Yeah, so par- so now that Taylor Hall's gone, and apparently there's not going to be a complete blow-up in New Jersey, but it seems that there's talks about PK maybe being on his way out. Uh, Randy Tibbins' report was reporting that there's serious discussions to move uh, PK back to the Atlantic Division. 
Wait, 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 wait. Their intention is to the Atlantic? No, no, there's discussions. No, they're teams that are in calling are from the Atlantic division. Oh, boy. That's what's being reported. Pardon? Who do you think those Atlantic teams are? Uh, well, not Montreal. (laughs) Could you imagine? Uh, probably not Detroit or Ottawa. I, I I don't know how Tampa would do it. I don't know. Like maybe the Le- I, I don't. I feel weird saying it, but the Leafs. I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Because obviously, first of all, the trade would have to start. The Devils take half his salary, and Cody Cece is coming the other way. Cody CC has to come the other way because it'll match salary. If Cody CC isn't involved, isn't involved in that trade, I don't know what the trade is because that list. And I know um, his skating has just looked abysmal this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Friedman talked about it on the latest edition of the Thirty One Thoughts podcast, but. I I and and I'm taken from another one here. Uh, they on the on the Steve Dangle podcast they talked about Barb Underhill and you look at the players in the Marlies who ha, who she's worked with come up and look like phenomenal skaters. Uh, Gautier, Engvall, uh, Justin Bourne even talked about Adam Brooks, uh, someone who wasn't necessarily the greatest skater when he joined the organization, but has become much better under Barb Hunt, Barb Underhill. And you wonder if, if she can do the same with Subban because we, they've talked about it, that he needs to, it seems like he needs to change his workout regimen, right? It's not, he can't with the way his back is going, he can't really do that powerlifting anymore. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to continue to mess up his back, and it's not going to get any better. So I wonder if, sure, he's playing really poorly right now. I wonder if he comes to the Leafs, works with the development group, and what he looks like even by the end of the season. There is nothing I want less than for PK Subban to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Because I know they would help him so... Like, sorry, let me put this a certain way. I don't want him to succeed with Toronto. You want like, him to succeed with anyone else but Toronto. Uh, yeah. I understand. Or the Bruins. Or the Bruins. Well, honestly, I like, I would, yeah. the, the problem is the best thing for his career to think about, which, if you talk about medical staff, if you talk about training, it is the Leafs. And I hate that. The, literally, the best thing for his career could be to go to Toronto. And and I, the, I, I it just it it sickens me. It sickens me to think of that. That the best yeah. thing for the best hab defenseman of all time is to go to Toronto. Yeah, and because you know he'd play his best hockey since being in Montreal there because he's in the big stage. He played Montreal four times a year. Like no, no. Be, and it, it just if I look at the Atlantic Division, I'm gonna read you off the teams. I don't see it really working in any of these other cities. Okay, so Toronto, Boston. No. The only way I, I see I, Boston trying to do it is if, like, some, I, I, then the Krug is gone, right? 
Not like at the end yeah. of the year, I mean. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Tampa. I don't know how they possibly do that. I think Sergich, then Sergachev would be gone. And you think of when he comes wow. to when you, when you think of, I'm not saying in the trade, but I'm saying like they, they couldn't afford him anymore. Oh, no, no way they could afford if so, if Sergachev is including that deal, that would be, we could say all we want about the Taylor Hall trade, but oh my God. It, it doesn't work with Tampa. No, Buffalo no. have enough trouble with defensemen right now. Right. I'm Flor- Florida. I mean, I, I, they have to be careful. When, you know what? No, Florida might be interesting. Let me look at their cap because I know, I think the only issue with them is they spent a good bit of money in the offseason. And right. I'm, I'm thinking of Anton Strawman and that what kind of money. So, but so many teams got messed up by the cap this year. So I'm looking at their defense right now. You're not trading Aaron Ekblad. You're not trading Keith Yandel. I don't know how you you probably want to, but with a modified no trade clause, how do you get rid of Anton Strawman? No, they're not going to get rid of him. They just signed him. I mean, if you're making the deal, Alex... Money has to go the other way. They have $500,000 in cap space. It's Michael Matheson, isn't it? Is the piece you move. Seven more years at 4.87. He's 25 years old. And he's a lefty. So, I mean, you can't have too many right defensemen. Now, let's just... Before we talk about... Like, keep going here. We do keep in mind here that... There's only so much you can do with a back... Right, and oh, this is for sure. And trust me, no one wants PK Subban to have a better career, a better life, and to to win a cup more than me. But it, it's just it, it, he has to do a lot of things to change here. And I, do I believe? And that that's what I'm saying. Drive to yes, but and but that that's the point I'm making. He needs to be in a place where he can do that he needs the support system around him and mm-hmm. there's only there's only so many teams that can offer that to him one of them don't want him back right the other is their arch enemies and i think it, the thing with his deal is that there's after this year there's still two more years left that's what i think where teams might be a little bit hesitant to to go even at four, and if they can retain fifty percent, which they might, I don't know if they'd be willing to do that because that's four and a half million for the next three years. I don't know if the cap is something New Jersey are worried about. Oh, but, can, if they have an internal cap, you mean? Yeah, the, I don't know how they move that without retaining. Some type of salary. Mm-hmm. But you got to think because they were the only team to take the full salary. Otherwise, if 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 uh, Nashville had retained, he's probably a Leaf right now. But I mean, just New Jersey. I'm sure New Jersey took on ideal. You know, they made all those moves thinking, hey, we're gonna be a great team. We're gonna have a lot of attendance. Maybe a playoff round or two. Maybe we can spend the money. But now looking at everything's going. Again, we're not saying they're a poor team. They're the New Jersey Devils, but yeah, just, I, I don't know if they would be willing to. Right. Well, anyway, um, let's move on here to some really happy news, honestly. Um, the other day, the Winnipeg Jets, I believe, just absolutely creamed. I believe it was the Minnesota Wild 6 to nothing In that game, Patrick Line has a wicked shot. 
goes on to brag about it, saying, oh, yeah, you couldn't see it. It was just such, such a quick shot. Finish humor is the best. Also in that game, I believe it was on that very assist, um, Blake Wheeler becomes the leading point scorer in Thrasher slash Jets history. <laughs> which is uh, finally passing Ilya Kovalchuk. I forgot about Ilya Kovalchuk playing with Atlanta. I forget he was That's... good, period. I I remember him in a in a Devils jersey. That's weird. Yeah. But congrats to um to Blake Wheeler for getting that accolade. To Patrick Lyon, who has completely turned his career around, despite only being what twenty one, twenty two. Uh, it's really nice to see the success in Winnipeg. Eh? Oh, for sure. Mm hmm. Uh, something really funny to me, Alex. So the All Star Game captains were named last night. Yeah. So, I want to read you something. My friend Ethan texted me. He's like, yo, Fluge, the all-star captains. Any early predictions? Not, and I sh- I, I'm not kidding you, Alex. This was about a minute before they revealed. I said, McDavid, Pacific, McKinnon, Central, Pasternak, Atlantic. Then I said, Ovechkin for the Metro. Ovi won't go, though. He'll be replaced by Crosby, who also won't go. And John Carlson will then be named Metro captain. So, then what comes on my screen, Alex? Ovechkin. Pasternak, McKinnon, McDavid <laughs> were all <laughs> named captains. Of course, people were a bit upset because Oscar Lind, like a lot of people, tried to get Oscar Lindbaum in. Yeah, but uh, these are our captains. What do you think of them? And also, how many of them will actually go to the game? All of them will go to the game. I'm not Even surprised. Who? Even who? Obi. Yeah, he checked right. out last year. Yeah. But you never know. All right. Uh, quickly, before we talk about some some potential big-name trade guys that could go with the deadline this year, uh, from Dmitry Filipovich, Thomas Shabbat's all ice time over the last five days, 37.50, 33.40. Oh, excuse me. I'm about to sneeze. I'm about to sneeze, Alex. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. Thomas Shabbat's ice time over the last five days, 37.50, 33.49, 33.49 again. Man, he's just riding Thomas Shabbat. Uh, I mean, whatever. Waste him. I mean, kill his energy. I know he's young, but still. I mean, you're not making the playoffs. Fantastic. Whatever, DJ Smith. Anyway, um, I'm a bit annoyed that I forgot to mention this last week. But anyway, um, now that Taylor Hall is gone, Alex, we have a big few guys who are now the big UFAs who are probably going to get dealt at the deadline. Of course, probably Tori Krug will stay with the Boston Maroons. Of course, Alex Petrangelo with the Blues. But, Alex, I think the big two names I'm thinking of right now are Sammy Vatanen and Christopher Kreider. Sorry, who? Vatanen and Kreider. There's a couple other names that uh, that could be traded. You got Tyler, even Tyler Toffoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Simmons, obviously. Those two are the biggest names. But one name, and obviously you have Galchenyuk, but one name on this list kind of pops out to me. Mm-hmm. And it depends on how the team does. Now, we know the Chicago Blackhawks are. I guess we'll call it a retool. I don't exactly know what it is. But 
depend right now they sit sixth in the wild card spot with 36 points and 37 games played and they sit five points out of a wild card spot they have a defenseman who is gonna be a ufa at the end of the year 27 years old in eric gustafson who we have talked about before we talked about it before is he someone that a contender goes after to bolster their blue line? I mean, he's a lefty, isn't he? Right, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, who needs a good defenseman right now? Who needs a good left-handed defenseman? Well, Alex, I believe that. You know, it's really funny. I was scouring through the athletic and I saw, I searched the Montreal Canadiens, Alex. And I just saw this thing was the Blackhawks need to make a trade under the Montreal Canadiens shirt. And then look at it. But, Alex, they're obviously not going to trade Duncan Keith. Brent Seabrook looks like he'll be out for a bit with some injuries and that. So, I mean, there was there was word that the Haz were looking at Alex Martinez with the, with the Kings, who was obviously injured. And Eric Gustafson sounds like a very good option that I am very happy you brought up. Yeah. That that was the name that kind of popped up the most. Like, there's obviously uh, Vladislav Nemestikov and mm-hmm. Jean Gabriel Pajot. I mean, it seems like Pajot is the most likely. If the, if he continues the way he's playing right now, he has 23 points in 32 games. I definitely think it's something they explore in trading him because I think they could get some pieces back. We know the Islanders were willing to give up a fir- their first um, a, a month ago. It just wasn't really talked about that much just because there was a whole lot of other things uh, going on. But it's a lot of the other players you have. You're not going to see Evgeny Dadunov moved. You're not going to see Hoffman moved. Petrangelo, Backstrom, Krug. Those are the big guys who are UFAs, but they're not going to get moved just because their team is doing so well. Mm-hmm. But you have Zach Cassian, you know. Oh, great. You never know. <laughs> Alex, no. Um, <laughs> no, Why? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting trade deadline. I can't wait till somebody overpays for Chris Kreider, gives him a massive extension, and his wheels fall off in two to three years. And then all he does is run goalies for a living. But anyway, um, Alex, what is your read of the bye week? So this is from James Myrtle. This came out eight minutes ago. I changed my read of the bye week because this is it's so good. Forever the optimist, catching up with James Reimer about life in the NHL crease as a leaf and a hurricane. If that wasn't my bye week, uh, my read of the bye week, I don't know what would have been. Sorry, say say that again? Forever the optimist, catching up with James Reimer about life in the crease as a leaf and a hurricane. He's just a great person, isn't he? Love him. Uh, mine is from Justin Bourne of The Athletic, slash Sportsnet's Hoggies on Jill Noon. Um, I still believe in the Tampa Bay Lightning this season, and so should you. 
Even though I don't, they I don't know, I don't know who doesn't like. Are there people who legitimately don't believe in the Tampa Bay Lightning? Is there like Anthony Stewart doesn't? <laughs> because they don't believe. They don't do the details, the little things. Oh, they don't do the details. Alex, yeah. I feel like we should end the Power Hour for 2019 with a pop quiz. Okay, let's go. Alex, let me ask you this: Who? Is Anakin Skywalker's oh. Jedi Master slash teacher Obi Wan Kenobi? That's very good, Alex. You get one point. By the way, this is a normal. Have format. you have you watched the movie? I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker yet. Even though I've seen some reviews, they're making me a little upset. I, I someone told someone told me, and this is uh, I was talking to someone last night, and he's like, "Yeah, I went to go see it." He's like, "It was really good." Yeah, I'm like, oh, because he ha- he didn't like seven and eight either. Like he's the guy who's like episode one to six. Those are the real movies. I don't know what the hell this is. But for him to come and tell me that episode nine was really good. I'm hopeful. What, I, what I've seen is it, it's very it's a fun movie. But it, like, see, Alex, I care a lot about story and good writing. And this oh, is so just do the I, for I sure. Am. And yeah. I saw that a lot of that stuff isn't very like there isn't a lot of character development in that, and that's something I'm not very excited about. And I saw one spoiler that apparently no, don't tell I'm me. Not, yeah, I'm not going to say it actually, but I, I saw it and I'm like really, and I got really upset about it. And also I saw a screenshot of the movie, and I think it's at the end, and I, I got so mad because it just it spoiled. So I I ugh. I hate social media. Anyway, but anyway, you that's have one, yeah. Oh okay, yeah, so I will... America having picking up Thor's hammer was spoiled for me. I was so pissed. Anyway, oh, though, unbelievable. Uh, you have one point so far. Of course, no more format. Uh, question one to four, one point. Um, question five is five points. You need five points to win the game. So ultimately, it doesn't matter until the end. Now, name me Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Oh, oh, it and it's in the Clone Wars, isn't it? It is. Oh my god, I don't remember her name. Oh, okay. Well, I give up. It's Ahsoka Tano. Shoot. Which uh, is pretty awesome, I tell you. Alex, let me ask you this. What is the name of the really funny droid in Rogue One? Oh, I didn't watch Rogue One. Rogue One. Uh, I, heard it, it, I heard it was... I wa- you went to think I watched the first half hour mm-hmm. and I, I got so bored because I didn't understand anything that was going on because it felt like I was just watching a random movie that I turned it off. See, I really liked this guy's name is K2. He's the, the only him and a scene at the end of the movie I will not spoil for you are the only good parts of Rogue One. Oh no, I've seen the scene at the end of like listen, I'm not gonna wa- go watch the movie. I, I see the Darth I've seen the Darth Vader scene which is, at the end of the movie. Which is just the best thing ever. Which is the best part of the movie. The yeah, last the thirty one, seconds. Rogue One is my my second least favorite Star Wars movie. Like I, I can't I don't see. even put it on the list. If people have been why have you seen solo? No, no, I haven't. Gets too much. Shit. It's my second favorite star. It's fantastic. You know what? No, we're just gonna forget about the quiz for today. Um, but oh. I was gonna. But anyway, um, hopefully I. I hopefully we both see Rise of Skywalker soon, and we can talk about it because um, I love Star Wars. But anyway, Alex, um, I'd say, do you want to do the end of a decade stuff now? Because I'd yeah, rather sure. have some energy to talk about it, 
And I feel like by the time we're done talking about the Leafs, there will be no energy left. Yeah, let's go. All right, Alex. Well, I want to ask you first. There's a few different things here. I want you to give me your Toronto Maple Leafs team of the decade, the centerman, left, right wing, left, right defenseman, and the goalie. So it, I, it was really tough for me to to come up with this because a lot of really good players have come up have come now Mm -hmm. right within the last three years obviously we you got jvr you got bozak you got kessel uh, you you have these players it's just so many of them are now i'm i could honestly give you most like a, a lineup of now right right now i think it's fair to say uh you put you have Austin Matthews as your center and Mitch Marner as your right wing. Yeah. I, I have to give the goalie to Anderson. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a question. Uh, no, I know I, I had trouble with the left wing and the defense, but my, my left defense is, is, I thought this would be a slam dunk. I'm pretty sure it's Riley. Yeah. I really wanted to give it to Thomas Caberley just because I like Thomas Caberley. Yeah. Even though he was there for a year. <laughs> he was only there for a year in 2010-2011. I don't know who I want to give. Give. I may give my left wing to JVR. Mm-hmm. Now, the only position I don't have is my right D. Let me think about it. Okay. And then you go. You go. Um, so mine's pretty easy. Um, when it comes to left defensemen, honestly, there have been probably two good left-handed defensive muncher I've had in the past decade. Um, Mete is still young, so you can't blame there. So obviously it's Andre Markov. Um, tied for the second most points by Habs defenseman in, in uh, the history of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he was – everyone thought it was PK, but it was Andre Markov who really quarterbacked that power play. Um if you want to really want to know like how much respect Andre Markov has, PK Subban's a guy who, you know, is basically PK's defensive partner or mentor. Like PK jokes, like put Markov in the Hall of Fame. But honestly, I think I think there is a place for him there. Um, right defenseman is obviously PK Subban. Um, I mean, he's just he a Norris Trophy winner has all the spunk in the world. Played his best hockey with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I has had some wicked goals over the year, including the one against the Bruins in 2014. It, it's just such an easy pairing to figure out. Shea Weber has only, of course, been here for three, four years, so it's not. You can't put him there. PK is just, you know, they grew, they drafted him, they developed him, grew up a Habs fan. There was just nothing quite as special as when PK Superman was a Habs. Um, centerman, I'm going to give to Thomas Mechanics, who is probably one of the more underrated Habs over the past ever. I think a lot of at first or everyone's like Sakakoivu, but Thomas Volcanics, a solid, you know, had some good sixty points years in there. Um, a few twenty goal years. Like, of course, is always his world was always the two way guy, but of course, um, he was a real mentor for guys like Achiri Lekkinen. The turtleneck is iconic. And, and he's Kevin. a and he's a Leafs legend, obviously. Um, no, don't do that to Plucky. Um, if only Sakakoivu was, you know. A few years later, I would have gotten to watch him play, and you know he would have not. If you do this, 
from the 2000s at Saku Koivu, but um, I don't want to I don't want to undermine uh, Thomas Lekanix here. Um, but it, it's really nice play the thousand games with the Habs, obviously, and uh, it's just thank you for your time, Thomas. Left winger is five time thirty goal scorer, former captain Max Pacioretty, of course. Um, I have a feeling when we go to the end of the 2020s, it might be our boy Max Pacioretty. Sorry, um, Jonathan Druin, but Pacioretty, of course, um, came back from a broken neck, won the Masterton Trophy. Of course, they got him from the from a, the first overall, so a first round pick from the Sharks. Fun fact. And um, the same draft, they drafted Ryan McDonough and P.K. Subban. Um, just, um, of course, Max Pacioretty, to me, a big memory has always been his uh, overtime, sorry, his, his game-winning goal in 2014 against the Tampa Bay Lightning, swept the Tampa Bay Lightning, game-winner, less than a minute left in the third period. His dad was there, his first career playoff game. Uh, just uh, one of the most underrated shots of the past decade is Max Pacioretty. Right winger is obviously Brendan Gallagher, has been the heartbeat of this team for as long as I've watched this game, of course, everyone, every defenseman in the league hates him. Every goalie hates him, but every Habs fan loves him. And in the net, of course, you got to put Anthony Niemi. I'm kidding. It's your leading, <laughs> your leading, the winningest goalie in Habs history, the most games played, the most wins in the single season, the only goalie to ever win the Jennings, the Vesna, the Hart, and the Ted Lindsay. In one year, it's Carey Price. Awesome. Who was I your, fa- so I yeah. have my right D. I have yeah. my right D. Mm-hmm. It's weird to say this, but I want to stick to the left side, left hand, right side, right hand. It, <sighs> it's it honestly might be it might be Dion. It, it <laughs> might be. It honestly, I, I can't think. I can't think of a. There's like Francois Bosha, man, but. I like this is who I'm working with here on the right side. Yeah, it might be like, I I don't know. He's been here for not even forty games. <sighs> I think, yeah, I'll go with Dion. That's fine. Well, Alex, do you have any favorite Leafs memories for the past decade you'd like to talk about? There's two. There's two. Uh, the day. I rem- I can tell you what happened, like min- hour by hour on July first, two thousand and seventeen. Please go ahead. I woke up and I woke up quite early so I could watch uh, Free Agent Frenzy. Mm-hmm. And I just sat in front of the TV the entire time until I found out. John Tavares signed with the Leafs. And then I ran around my house a little bit because that was quite exciting. I I was almost crying, but I wasn't. It's emotional, you know? It gets, gets crazy. Yeah. The the second moment is uh a ta- it's it's between the day the Leafs won the lottery or when they actually picked Austin Matthews, which are kind of like the same moment, just because everyone knew they were. It's weird. Not everyone thought they were going to pick Austin Matthews. I don't know why, but those are probably two moments mm-hmm. in, in hockey, at least. I obviously like if I had to pick sport moment. I think it actually happened this year 
with the Raptors winning a championship, which is like the first major title in Toronto in, I don't know, like ever. Yeah. It feels like forever. Like, obviously, I'm not going to downplay uh, TFC or the Argos, but it's no NBA championship. Exactly. Uh, I have I have one for every year, uh, just because of course I've only been a fan since 2014. Is all to bring up. So, 2014, I have of course the playoff run. Of course, I talked about Tampa's being swept, the seven game series versus the Bruins, PK's goal, Lucic and Dale Weiss wanting to kill each other. Um, you know the crazy games once Tukarski took over when Price was hurt. Uh, just you know, and then watching the Rangers get murdered by the Kings was pretty funny. Uh, just you know, a great way to get into hockey. Then, of course, 2015, uh, it all culminating, of course, Carey Price winning all the awards and including a 43 game shutout to eliminate the the Sens in Game Six. Um, I joke about this a lot, but that game is the most stressful game I've ever watched. Especially when Jacob De La Rose took a tri- tripping penalty with less than five minutes in the game, and the Habs are only at one nothing until 0.3 seconds left in the game. By the way, the game winner was scored by Brendan Gallagher. Uh, 2016. Um, when that entire season was over, because it was the biggest price was earlier in the year. After that, Lars Eller, P.K. Subban were traded, um, you know, two of my favorite Habs. It was just a terrible season. Nothing was great about it. Thank God it was over. Uh, 2017 was Game 2 against the New York Rangers, which I was at. Of course, Thomas Wilkanek scores the game tying over a few seconds left. Radulov scores in the dime minutes of an overtime to Montreal. Completely dominated. Um, that's a game I actually punched somebody because I was so excited when Jeff Petrie scored. Um, 2018, of course, another crappy year, but of course, it was the turnaround of the team. Yes, very Kokinami being drafted and the Pacioretty trade really signifying a reset for the Habs. And 2019 is probably me going to Ryan Paling's NHL debut. And of course, the Leafs losing to the Habs in the shootout, which was fantastic. And I got to meet the Habs mean, team dog. Yeah. And um, my favorite sports moments are probably, I'm not a big baseball guy, but the Cubs breaking their streak was pretty wicked. Um, for school, I've written a lot of stuff for Kawhi's one and done uh, for a lot of his different assignments. So that was pretty wicked. And probably my favorite non-Habs moment was Ovechkin finally winning it. Um, it was, oh, I was so happy. And like TJ Oshie's thing with his dad, yeah. absolutely fantastic. I forgot one really big moment in Toronto sports. Marty Brinson getting called up for the seventh time. No, it no no. It was a ba- it's a you because you brought up baseball. It, it, I clued in. Oh. Uh, I believe it was 2015. I can't remember the year off the top of my head. It was against the Texas Rangers. Jose Bautista's bat flip. Yes. It has to, and I know it wasn't a World Series win. Or it, they, I think they were in the, I'd be the equivalent of like the conference semis. But just the energy in that building, I don't think it's been replicated in this city. No. Like maybe this year. I think it, you can argue this year with the Raptors is the only time it's ever been like that. No, it easily one of the biggest sports moments in this city's history. Period was the battle. oh for sure. Uh, so I have some not I don't know not necessarily breaking news, but mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about Lias Anderson, Elias Anderson before, and I went on Cap Friendly uh, 
And it says suspended without pay. So I found out uh, he has been suspended by the Rangers after leaving the Wolf Pack, which is their AHL team, following trade requ- following his trade request. Oh boy! <laughs> so he is pretty much all but gone. You know what this reminds me of? Tell me. Do you remember another former high overall draft pick who left his AHL team and there was a bunch of shenanigans after he um, requested the trade? Uh, Josh Hosang? Jonathan Druin. Oh. Yeah. Well, Josh, it's the same thing happened with Josh Hosang. But we forgot to mention that he's actually he's back with Bridgeport. He's back at camp, yeah. Yeah. Which uh which means no one wanted them. <laughs> it kinda sucks. But... That's kind of weird. But... So Alex, uh again. We have Habs. We have the Leafs. There's a lot more with Toronto. Um, it, you mind if I just go first with Montreal because there isn't much to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the Habs, we talked about Vancouver, and they helped. They took over there. They won that game. Uh, Vancouver sucks. Um, yeah, what's, what else is new, really? They've sucked since 2011. Um, but anyway, um, treat Luongo with some respect, please. Um... So then they go into Calgary. They're down two nothing. They end up winning in overtime. Uh, Max Domi got the game winner there. He needs to score more. Yeah, good. He did that again last night versus the Oilers. But uh, the story of last night's game: uh, the only reason the Oilers won, Connor McDavid. And That's Leandra. the only reason they ever win. It was um. It was. About a minute into the game, Leon Drysidle and Connor McDavid scored on a two on one, and McDavid just made Ben Chirot look like. A fool. It was it, Max Domi had a really bad turnover after scoring also in the game. So it was nice to see him score, but he needs to clean it defensively. And all I really have to say, I'll be making a video on my YouTube channel, which you should all check out after you're done listening to this, um, about the road trip, because I'm still working and doing this weekly stuff instead. But really, all you need to know, ladies and gentlemen, is um, uh, Connor McDavid is a cheat code. And I know like that term gets thrown around a lot, but he, it's not fair. It's not fair. No, and it just happens that he's been in the playoffs once. Which is, um, dis- it just, it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself, Edmonton. Oh. So, Alex, there's a lot going on with Toronto today. Okay, so since our last episode, they've played two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the Rangers and against the Detroit Red Wings. And they won both of them. Yay. Which is good. Uh, so now they sit second in the Atlantic with 42 points. And Florida is behind them with, uh, we'd said it before, two games in hand, one point behind. And the Canadians are... Non- where are they? Tell non- me. Not important. Okay, not important. <laughs> I think they're fifth in division right now. Again, they were. They're second two point. They're two points behind the Leafs with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. So, they they I've I've kind of realized something with this team, is, and and I really appreciate when Sheldon Keefe says something, when he goes, "This team isn't playing how I want them to play yet." Like, they're not fully formed, essentially, is what he's saying. And when he says that, I kind of see where where he's coming from. Because what I see from this team is that they're very fast, 
from the beginning. They're trying to be fast the entire game, right? They're not. They don't want to play. Where whereas with Babcock, it's it was very seemed like starts. It they seemed like they were starting slow and then would pick up, and then they'd have to catch up. But now they start fast, and they get the lead, so they're not the ones who have to catch up. But there's—I don't think they're used to that tempo to start with. Is that and they get they get tired, and that's when you see the collapses, like the Calgary game, where they let in how many goals in like five minutes. And I think they're working to the point where they need to learn how. Unless they're always putting a hundred percent, but how fast should they be playing from the beginning? So that by the third period, they're not completely dead. And I think Keith realizes that. And it's good that he realizes that and is at least communicating to the media and the fans that this team isn't even close to where they need to be. And they look phenomenal. I think they look phenomenal, especially the last two games. And I know the teams they're playing aren't necessarily the best teams in the world. And the schedule to finish the year is Carolina, uh, New Jersey, New York, and Minnesota. But you got to, you, it's about winning the games that you have to win. And those four games are extremely winnable games. Now, I guess we should really focus on this Detroit game because it seems like everyone's been talking about it. I didn't get to watch the entire game. I actually have the 60-minute version. You know, they have a game in an hour. Yeah. That's on the TV right now. I'm going to address this once. And I'm not going to address it again because I don't want to tiptoe around talking about it because social media is a nightmare. Both the Athanasiu knee on knee with Kerfoot and him slamming Justin Hall to the ground and Jake Muzzin slamming Athanasiu to the ground are not acceptable things to do. They're both extremely dangerous plays. That's it. I'm not I don't want to get into an argument about which one was worse. I don't care which one was worse. I could make an argument that both of them should be suspendable, but 100%. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and argue with that because I've said so much about the Department of Player Safety. I already know they're not gonna do anything. I already know. So I'm going to leave those two plays. That's it. I'm not – I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but uh, Keith actually benched uh, Nylander and Kapanen uh, in the second period. And I thought that was quite interesting. And it was funny because everyone's like, oh, if uh, Babcock did this, uh, everyone would blow up. Well, the thing about Babcock is <laughs> it just wasn't working. I don't get why we have to go if Babcock did this, if Babcock did that. It doesn't matter. This team is 10 and 4 under Sheldon Keefe. They were below 500 
with Mike Babcock. I don't get why we can't just get over get over it right now. I don't care what Babcock would have done. I don't care what people's reactions would have been if Babcock did this because Babcock is no longer the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> so, like, it does. It's like, why? Why even do this? Why even get into this? Into this discussion? Now, you know what's really funny, Adam. Um, does it have to do with toughness? It might. It might. Now, I was I was watching the highlights this morning, and I noticed something. Oh, Justin Hall may or may not have stood up for Kerfoot, and and it's funny. Be and, and listen. This is how this is how I think of it. This team can be tough when they need to be tough. They're playing under a coach they like. Uh, they're playing a system that looks like is working for them, and they, it looks like they just care about each other. No one looked happy on that bench before, but they look happy now. They're willing to do things. They probably weren't willing to do before. And I don't and and I listen, it's tomorrow we'll find out what people are gonna say about this. And I just have this weird, like I have this feeling that it's still not gonna be enough for people. That okay, just because it happened one game, at least they did it. Like acknowledge that they did it, and it can it can happen when they need it to happen. I can name you a list of players on this team who, as you like to say, are lippy. <laughs> I can I, I can give you names on this team. I'll start with two: uh, Dermot and Kapanen. Uh, like for sure, for sure. I guarantee you, you get you piss Matthews off. I bet he'll say he'll be a little bit lippy too. <laughs> like it's not like this team can't be lippy, but when you're so scared of so just it seemed like this team was just scared 24 7. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not you don't care. You don't care. You don't care about your team. You have to say, I need to do this for me. It's not about anyone else. They're playing as a team, which didn't seem like what did not seem what was happening before. You know what I think of right away when you're talking about this is um, how I believe it was um, uh, it was uh, God, what's his name? It was it was Brian Carcillo talking about how throwing Peter Laviolette out there, how he didn't like his style and how he, he hated how he got five guys to fight for him. Right. And Sheldon Keefe isn't going out and telling you to fight. But it, it shows how invested the guys are into the system and playing for each other and all that. When they are willing to get lippy and get snarling and get all dirty and that, it's a, it's really a testament to Sheldon Keith, and uh, I don't think I've I've really done this that much, but like he really really deserves a lot of credit for cleaning this team up as much as he it, has. Oh, for sure he he deserves the credit, and it's funny because I had a discussion about uh, the Leafs uh, with one of my friends, and he said. 
you know this what this team needs is obviously other than a backup goalie but a forward who can throw like throw hits and can put up points and my response was those players don't exist there are i can name you off the top of my head uh, there are two players who are can throw hits and be tough and also be an efficient player in mm-hmm. Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves. Right now, and, and I know Dubis built this team very skill first, but look at the players on the team. I would argue that a lot of many players on this team can be not tough in, oh, I'm going to beat the crap out of someone, but listen, I'll throw a hit if I have to. I'll be... I'll be a little uh, uh, gnarly if I have to, and to and I think it's under the system that we have that is that is there. It's hard to say you need to add a player like that because they're not gonna play in the in the top six. Realistically, the top six is is basically set the only position that doesn't seem to be a hundred percent set is the left wing spot on Matthew's line which it seems like they've been ret- rotating players uh they've had more there they've had uh Janssen there now they have cap and, and on that line as well but their top six is pretty much set so where are you going to play this this guy who is effective and can throw hits God, you know who? I just had a really evil thought in my head. Tell you me. know how I think there's been some discussion of trading either Janssen or Kapanen again? Yeah. And you talk about there's room for the left wing on one Austin Matthews, or on one of one of Austin Matthews' left or wing, because Nylander, right? Um, and, you know, people love toughness, but you know who's some, who, someone who's really tough? He's a rental, and he throws a lot of hits, and is a left winger. Who? Christopher Kreider. No, no, you don't want him. I'll uh, let me explain why. the The reason we're willing to give up Janssen or Kapanen is because you can put Mikhaev or even more on that left wing, and they'll succeed. And we can, we also have play. Look, we're, we're gonna have to set. I, I eventually, I think off the. T- I'm not sure off the top of my head. We're gonna have to send someone down. Right, so who are you going to send down? Engvall seems like he's proved himself that he's an NHL player. So Gautier and Timoshov are kind of fighting for a spot here. Right, that's why we're willing. That it, when I look at saying, okay, who can we give up? It's Janssen or Kapanen, but we're not bringing in another forward. We're bringing in uh, a right-handed defenseman or we're bringing in a backup goalie Hmm. so that's that's listen i'm not saying that's a bad idea i'm just i'm just saying it's not what the team needs it wouldn't make sense for the team no okay what about sammy vatanen then talk about right-handed defenseman who likes some skill i like sammy vatanen and i think kyle davis would like him really too it depends on what yeah i think if it depends on what else they want 
Mm-hmm. If it's just Kop- Kapanen or Janssen, uh, I could see it ha- see it happening, but I don't think Dubis is looking for a rental. And based on other deals he's done, I mean, ca- the Kadri deal aside, like you look at the deal he made for Muzzin, and then you look at uh, he brought in Nick Patan and then signed him a couple months later. It seems like he's looking in for people. He's looking for players that either have uh, term or are willing to stay in Toronto for that type of price. And I don't know if Sammy Vatnin is willing to stay or, or would fit under the cap. I have to ask you, who was in net again last night? Ah, uh, one Michael Hutchinson. And I think we have to congratulate him. He finally won his first game. In December. In, <laughs> in December. Now, he's pr- most likely going to play another game before uh, 2019 ends. Uh, sometime next weekend, either against the Devils or the Rangers. My guess, the Devils. But if you ask... Uh, uh, if you ask Anthony Stewart, uh, Freddie Anderson's playing all these games, <laughs> which I find I find amusing, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that take. But listen, Michael Hutchinson's not the answer. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, I don't know if he's the answer. Listen, he could prove himself that maybe, sure, maybe he might be the answer, but it really hasn't looked good and he's played eight games or seven, seven or eight games and he's won one of them. That just isn't good enough. Um, anything else to say on the least front? Uh, we, we got some games to win. Yeah. Hey, you can say that about the other boys in the Atlantic too. Uh, I just want to bring up two more things before we finish the show here, Alex. Sure. Uh, number one, do you know who had a point last night? Who? Jack Eichel did. Oh. No, so no. technically, he's go. on the 18-game point streak, and he has tied, um, I forget who it was, but he now technically has tied the Sabres record for it, but he hasn't because the question. Really Te- question. Technically, by your standards or by the league's standards? Standards. My standard, <laughs> he has the record. By the stupid league that he points for losing games, he has uh, Just completely dumb. It's on Iron Man Street, guys. That's funny. And, um, also, I didn't know this is to the show started, Alex. Um, it's a somber note to end on, but um, our deepest condolences to the family of Alex Louie, the young Caps fan who, whenever he was at games, Alex Ovechkin would just absolutely torch the Leafs. Um passed away today christine simpson um put something out about it alex ovechkin did so um that's really sad to see but also at the same time uh, such a sweet relationship between him and alex ovechkin and uh it was really nice of ovi to come out and say something and um yeah it's just uh, you hate to see it but at the same time um you know best wishes to them and uh, he's in a better place now anything to say alex no all right, then um, I think, yes, this is it for the rest of the holidays is going to be this show. We'll see you again probably, you know. Jan- January 5th. 
January 5th? That okay. is a Sunday. All right, sweet. That is the day before we go back to ski. Anyway. No, 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 we don't. No, we don't. What? Do we don't go back on the 6th? No, we go back on the 10th. Wait, what? Yeah, I know it's weird. Oh, crap. Okay, that's cool. Good to know. <laughs> I just learned that new. Anyway, though, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a review, rate, subscribe, all that kind of stuff on whichever platform you listen to. Of course, check out me and Alex's social medias, Instagram, Twitter, my YouTube channel, of course. Also, be sure to check out the show's Instagram and YouTube pages when we like to put up little posts, you know, get the discussions going. All right, let's get some action going in any other post that isn't the Don Cherry one. Um <laughs> Anyway, though, Alex, I think that's everything for today. Anything else you want to say to the lovely listeners? Nope. All right. Um, just a quick last little check on the Twitter. Um, I, I think that's everything. You know what? Um, something about Steve Dangle joking about um, James Reimer, but whatever. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we're good.